Hello, and welcome back to the On the Road podcast. I'm your host, Phil Owens, a.k.a. the OU Road Warrior. And we're back on a Wednesday night after the Sooners uh, had a little get-right game, a little bounce-back game after two losses and three sort of crappy games in a row. Uh, and they flexed their muscles and uh, spanked West Virginia 59-20, to 20, uh, giving them a nice send-off on the way out of the conference. Uh, Dylan Gabriel responsible for eight touchdowns, count them, eight, uh, five passing and three rushing, I believe, uh, which is a new school record. We've never had any, anybody responsible for eight touchdowns on their own in one game, so congratulations to Dylan for that. And he also, I believe, uh, broke into the top ten all-time uh, as far as uh, statistics is, uh, as far as quarterbacks go in NCAA Division One, uh, and it's probably because he's played for a really long time between injury seasons and COVID and everything else. Uh, what is this? Is I think this is his sixth year. I don't know. It's a lot. He's been around for a while. Uh, but in any event, very nice to see uh, see him get off the schneid there. Um, Really, we really needed a game like that where we went out and just just destroyed somebody, and it didn't feel all that great at the beginning because West Virginia came out and went right down the field and scored. And you start thinking, "Oh no, are we are we going to go?" I think I even tweeted, you know, I, I really am not up for a you know fifty two forty nine game or something like that. And Lord knows we've had multiple ones of those against West Virginia. Um, you know, the game that always comes to my mind. And it was a game that we won. Well, frankly, we've won other than last year in the in the cold and the rain. We've won every game against them since they've been in the conference other than that one. But um, the game back in, I don't even remember what year it was, the game where Tavon Austin just went insane and ran for like 300 yards. And somebody reminded me of that the other day before we played him. I was like, you, you can't talk about that game because I still have PTSD from that. It was almost like, it was almost like they were letting him do it on purpose because they'd give him the ball and he'd be 15 yards down the field before anybody got anywhere near him. And uh, I think Mike Stoops in that game decided that he wasn't going to use linebackers or something. I don't know. It was the whole thing was a disaster. So uh, very nice to very nice to not to see so much of that anymore. But uh, we got another goal line stand, uh, which was awesome. That's what three of them on the year, I think, um, including the big one against Texas. But um, and even against Oklahoma State, we didn't have any goal line stands, but I think we stopped them three times on fourth and one to turn the ball over on down. So speaking of them, by the way, I mean, we can't, can't let that go. So um, what I've been telling people is that we, we did actually beat Oklahoma State. It just took an extra week. Uh, and, and that really is a true statement because um, – and, and, and we're not immune to it because I think we had some of it after we beat Texas. It was such a big game, it was such a big win, and then afterwards it was sort of a there was sort of a letdown two weeks later against UCF, and we nearly nearly screwed the pooch, as it were. There, uh, Oklahoma State, yeah, they screwed the pooch, uh, forty-five to three uh, against a, a UCF team that, admittedly, they weren't very good earlier in the season. They're a lot better with their quarterback who had been injured, and and they, you know he came back against us and performed really well. But I mean, OSU is just pathetic. It's it's, it's really it's embarrassing enough to lose to them, but then to have them go out and do that the next week, uh, you know, makes it makes it even worse. Frankly. But it does it does um, increase the possibility 
that uh, we will get a chance to redeem ourselves against them in the Big 12 championship game. And I'm desperately hoping, desperately hoping for that. Um, and really, um, all it would take for that to happen uh, is for uh, we, need, uh, we need Texas to lose at Iowa State Saturday night, which is far from impossible. I mean, Texas almost blew it against TCU, who's not anywhere near as good as Iowa State last week. Uh, and, and Texas always has problems with Iowa State in Ames at night. So that's really, uh, I mean, I'm going to find some place in Provo or Salt Lake, wherever I'm at at the time, but I'm going to find some place to watch that game and root heavily for the Cyclones because if, if Texas loses to Iowa State and we beat BYU and TCU and Oklahoma State beats Houston and I think they have BYU to close the season out, if all of that happens, then what will happen, I believe, is that we would play Oklahoma State in the conference championship game. And I have no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever, that on a neutral field, in a game like that, I, I don't see them staying within two touchdowns of us. Maybe even more than that. I mean, I really don't, I really don't see them coming anywhere close to us. And that would, be, that would be the best way to close out the season. We're not going to go to the playoff, and that's fine. But to leave winning the conference and to, to beat them after they were so happy that they won, quote unquote, the last one, um, that, would be, that would be awesome. Uh, second, the second possibility for us would be for us to win out, Texas to win out, Oklahoma State loses another game to either Houston or BYU. And, you know, I think I said somewhere after they beat us that I didn't see them losing in any of their remaining three games. Well, I was definitely proven wrong about that. So, I mean, if they play like they did against, against UCF, Houston will beat them. Um, but what, I mean, what we need to make, regardless of who we're going to play, what we need to make the championship game is either Texas to lose to Iowa State uh, or Oklahoma State. Texas loses to Iowa Well, all these, all these assume that we went out. Texas loses to Iowa State. We went out. We're in against somebody. Um, probably Oklahoma State at that point, unless they lose another game, and then it could be KSU. Um, it could be Iowa State. Um, and then if, um, I think what it is, if Texas beats Iowa State but loses to Texas Tech, and Cincinnati, no, that's not right. I was going to say if Cincinnati beats Kansas, but Kansas lost last week. Uh, so they're already, they're already behind, like a game behind us. Um, Oh, it was if, if uh, Iowa State beats Kansas State, I think is what it was, uh, then, um, then we would go. Or if OSU loses one of their two remaining games, then we would go. So if any, any one of those things happens, then we get to go to the championship game and play somebody. Um, honestly, you know, I, I, don't, I would rather play Oklahoma State uh, than, than any of the other options. Oh, Iowa State would be okay, I guess, but uh, much rather play Oklahoma State. Uh, but we got to take care of our business and um, have, have a little bit more help. We got, you know, it's funny, we, we kind of hosed ourselves by losing, hosed ourselves by losing to Oklahoma State. And then literally before we kicked off our next game, like two out of the four things that needed to happen for us to make the championship game had already happened. Uh, Oklahoma State had already lost, and um, Kansas had already lost. So uh, we've got a couple more weeks to get the, the little bit more help that we need, but hopefully 
hopefully we get it uh, in Ames Saturday night and we're left with uh, going into the game against TCU on Black Friday, knowing that if we win that game, we're in the championship. And I think if we get to the championship game, we're going to win it. I don't, I don't care who we play. But again, you know, us against Texas would be awesome. Uh, would really enjoy that. Not my preference because it's hard to beat a team twice in a season. And as fun as it would be to go and do it, and as fun as it would be to know that one of us is going to take the trophy with us to the SEC, um, you know, there's a real good, real good chance that they could win. Um, and, and I don't want that. Uh, but if we get to play Oklahoma State, then we get to kill all the birds with one stone. We get to win the championship going out. We get to put them back in their place. We get to ruin all the fun that they had. Of course, I think they, they kind of ruined it themselves um, with, with what they did the next week. Although I asked an OSU guy on Twitter that I'm friendly with, you know, are you still, still enjoying that? And he's like, yeah, those things stand on their own. And I can see that. They've had such little success in the series that uh, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't really surprise me at all. But, uh, but speaking of, speaking of uh, the conference championship game and all that, there is some serious nonsense going on with the Big 12 office because they rewrote the tiebreaker procedures before the season because, I mean, we got all these extra new teams now. Um, and so they rewrote the tiebreaker procedures before the season and basically said, if there's a three-way tie and all of the, well, if there's a three-way tie, then it's head to head. But if all the teams haven't played each other, then you move to the second level of the tiebreaker, which gets into, uh, uh, records against common opponents and other things. And I think that the, and it was, it was poorly written to begin with because it has a comma where there shouldn't be one. But I mean, I read the rule. And it clearly says that. So if you've got three teams that are tied uh, and they haven't all played each other, then you go, then head-to-head gets thrown out and you, you go down to the second criteria. Um, now, the, the thing that got people talking about that was the, the, the speculation that if, if Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State ended up at a tie, then that tiebreaker formula based on uh, the way it was written would, would put Oklahoma State out even though they would have beaten Oklahoma and Kansas State. And I will, I will say this up front, that, is ab- that should absolutely be the rule. If there's a three-way tie and one team has beaten the other two teams in the tie, that should be the end of it, at least with respect to that team. It comes out on top of the three. That is absolutely logical. That's absolutely fair. That's absolutely just. It's all of those things. Uh, it sh- that should be the rule. Uh, the problem is that wasn't the rule. And so uh, this morning what the big 12 did was that they, they, they rewrote the rule and changed it to say that, um, you know, if, if all three teams haven't played each other, but one team has beaten the other two, then that is the first tiebreaker. And again, I totally agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. That should be the rule. That's fair. Uh, and, and, and in that situation, in all fairness, if it, if Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and Kansas state are tied, Oklahoma state should win that tiebreaker because they beat both of us. But the problem is that wasn't the rule. And you can't rewrite the rule seven games into a nine-game conference season. That is some nonsense. And then they also they, they rewrote the rule, and then they came out and said, oh, we're just clarifying it. We're not rewriting the rule. Well, yes, you are. You rewrote the rule uh, to try to benefit you know, somebody. I don't think it's ever going to come into play. I don't think, it's gonna, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be an issue ultimately in the real world. But, but Lord, it's been, been a subject of conversation. And and frankly, I understand it because with that, I mean, that is, that's egregious. Uh, you cannot change the rules in the middle of the thing. And, you know, back when, um, what was it, 2008, I guess, 
you know, Texas had beaten us and then, um, uh, and then we beat, they lost to tech and then we beat tech, we blew tech out. And so ultimately it was a, it was a tie. Um, it was a three-way tie with us and, um, tech and Texas because all three teams were eight and one or seven. And one. I don't know. How, I don't remember how many conference games we played back then, but I think it was nine games. Uh, but anyway, all three only had one conference loss and they had all beaten each other. Texas beat us. We beat tech, tech beat Texas. So all, you know, head to head was no good. And so back then it went to the highest, um, the highest ranked team in the BCS. And I'll never forget. They did that. Uh, they did the beast, the, the, the show where they were going to announce who was going to be in the conference championship game. And I think Barry Switzer was on it. He, he comes on with just a shitty and grin. So you knew how it was going to work out. And the Texas people are, were all up in arms about it. And I can understand why they would be upset about it. Although they really didn't have as much of a complaint as like OSU would in the, what we were, the scenario we we're talking about this year, because they would have, they would have lost one of the games. So, um, you know, they, they really didn't have a bitch cause it's a three way, everybody played each other and everybody beaten, you know, around Robin. So, but, um, after that season, if you'll remember, they changed that rule. Um, and I don't remember what they changed it to, but they changed it and that's fine. Again, you know, if it should have been something different, I don't have any problem with that, but they didn't try to change it in the middle. Uh, they didn't try to change it after the games were being played and you saw kind of how it might shake out. That's exactly what these fools did today. Um, and that's not fair. You can't change the rules midstream and it's, it's disingenuous to say, well, we're not really changing the rule. We're just clarifying it. No, you're not. You rewrote the rule. I mean, I can read, I am a lawyer and been a lawyer for a really long time. I know how that stuff works. And, uh, yeah, you rewrote the rule. And, and I don't think there's a conspiracy against us, but, um, you know, it sure doesn't help when the, the conference commissioner is talking before the season in Lubbock or, or to the Texas tech people. I think he was in Lubbock, you know, that he was going to be in Lubbock when they played uh, Texas at the end of the season and they better, you know, they better win. And, you know, the, 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 not only the commissioner, but I think the associate commissioner used to be at Kansas state made some comments uh, before the season about how, you know, uh, we would rather get beat by, you know, Alabama and Florida than get beat by Kansas state and Iowa state. Um, you know, really not, um, not given a lot of confidence that we're going to get a fair shake. And, and we've seen a lot of that in the officiating. I mean, the officiating against Oklahoma state was awful. Um, you know, funny, funnily enough in the, in the, uh, in their game against UCF, there was an almost identical play to the Drake Stoops play that we had against him. That wasn't called pass interference. And guess what? In Orlando got called pass interference. What a shot. Um, and the officiating wasn't really very good against, against West Virginia either. Um, you know, we had, uh, so much so that the crowd at one point started chanting sec, um, clearly, um, as a statement that we can't get wait, we can't wait to get out of this conference. Um, that's the first time that's happened. And it's the first time I've heard anybody chant sec at one of our games where it wasn't that we were losing and they were using it to taunt. Uh, but, um, you know, there were some no calls in this game. There were some, uh, you know, one of our guys got ejected for sticking up for, for uh, a teammate. Got two, two uh, personal fouls, unsportsmanlike. Although I did think it was funny that the, he's, he's walking off the field after he got thrown out. And, uh, and uh, Joe Harris, the university president, who was a year ahead of me at my high school, which makes me feel nice and young, but um, he, 
he dapped him up on the way to the locker room, and so I thought that was pretty. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Speaking of the locker room, we did. Uh, we went to the uh, uh, the Sooner Club had a thing where you could go. Uh, it was the night before the game where you could go and uh, go in the locker room and like get your picture taken in front of all the trophies and stuff, and uh, then go out on the field and get your picture taken. And it's like you know they had the 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 pony mascots down there and like a, a holiday setup with a Santa chair and all that. And it was, you know, it's for a holiday picture. Uh, and so the kids wanted to go. It was kind of neat. They had some appetizers and, and uh, we got to, and I had never been in there before in the new, the new uh, end zone facility. I've been in the Switzer center before, but not the new one. And so we got to go in there and see the trophies and then go down um, where the, the, you know, the, the big tub with the waterfall is. And we got to go in the tunnel and, and touch the play like a champion sign, the tunnel that they go down before the game. Uh, so that was all really cool. My little guys really liked that. And, and, uh, and then we went on to a basketball game that night. They were, you know, the, the little guys have kept asking me, well, when can we go back? When can we go back on the field, Dad? When can we go back on the field? Uh, yeah, no, probably not anytime soon. But, um, but that was neat. It was neat that they do it. But um, um, in any event, um, and then we were going to um, – we were going to um uh, we were going to the game and uh i was really concerned that it was going to be uncomfortably cold uh but as it turned out it was a really beautiful night for football i mean that 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 evening just worked out really well the weather was the weather was good i mean for the for the middle of november you couldn't really get a better a better night for football than that uh we played well uh we thrashed them uh, kind of got back on track, got everybody feeling a lot better going into these last couple of games. And, and, you know, again, with the other things that happened, you know, we still got a lot to play for. We're not going to go to the playoff. And, and again, that's okay. Uh, only four teams can go next year, 12, and, and it'll be a lot more disappointing not to make the playoff when it's a 12 teamer. But, um, but uh, for the four team, you know, it's hard to do, even though we did it, you know, we got used to it. We did it three years in a row. Um, but uh, so we're not going to do that, but we can still, uh, win the conference championship and we can still, even if we don't go to the conference championship game, if we win our next two games, uh, in all likelihood, we're going to be going to a new year six bowl and people don't even think about that. And like pundits are talking about, you know, we're going to go to the Alamo bowl and play USC or, uh, Oregon state or something like that. And we'll talk more about USC later. They're, they're a side side subject to this podcast for a while, but, um, but, um, the uh, 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 we're 14th in the um, in the CFP rankings right now, and the top 12 get New Year's Six Bowl. And you know, given what's in front of us, if we win out, and especially if we win the conference, um, I mean, if we if we win the conference, we're guaranteed a spot in New Year's Six Bowl anyway. But even if we don't, and we're in the top 12 of the CFP, uh, we should get a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, the sugar and the normally that would be the sugar. Normally it would be the sugar um, that we would go to automatically, uh, but because the sugar and the rose are semifinals this year, uh, it would be either the peach, the cotton, or the fiesta. And I would really like it for to be the cotton, just because it's a cheaper trip, quicker trip, easier to take the kids, all that. Although. I haven't been to Arizona in a while, and I've always really enjoyed going out to the Phoenix area. So the Fiesta Bowl would be, uh, the Fiesta Bowl would be okay too. Uh, but um, one way or the other, we're we're going to go go somewhere good, 
and uh, have a good time. So the um, it was interesting. Somebody pointed out that it was our uh, our first uh, Saturday will be our first game in Utah in school history, and that prompted me to look and see um, uh, how many states I've seen us play football in. Um, and when we get to um, Utah and play out there, that will be the 23rd state in the union in which I have seen us play football. Uh, I have seen us play in Alabama, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and West Virginia. Uh, and then after Saturday, you can add Utah to that list. And then in the next few years, um, we'll add Pennsylvania because we're going to play at Temple, which will be really fun. We'll get to go to the go to the link where the where the Eagles play. Uh, we've got a home and home schedule with Michigan, so we'll we'll get to play at the Big House. Uh, and then next year we play at Old Miss, so that'll add Mississippi. Uh, we don't have South Carolina or Arkansas on a future schedule yet, but we play South Carolina at our place next year. So I'm assuming in 25, we'll play at South Carolina or 26, at least. Uh, that's one thing I don't like about the SEC move is that instead of um, coming up with a scheduling you know, scenario that's going to be what they're going to do going forward, uh, before we come into the conference, they did this one-year thing. And they kept it at eight conference games, and you know I don't know how why they did that. I don't really like it, but they're going to have to adopt a permanent scheduling matrix, you know, soon. May not be till twenty six, but um, in any event, we play South Carolina at our place next year. So I'm assuming the following year we will play at South Carolina, at Tennessee, at at Alabama, and we'll get uh, we'll get Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, and uh, Missouri at home. Uh, it may not work out that way, but if we don't get them in 25, we'll get them. We'll get that in 26. Probably. I don't think they're going to, they're going to make us pay back those, those home and homes, those conference home and homes that we play the first year, you know, pretty quickly, I think. But um, in any event, and just, just if you're wondering, um, so Kentucky, I've seen us play in Kentucky because we played Louisville in 1999. Uh, I've seen us play in Indiana twice because we've played, uh, we've played Notre Dame there. Uh, seen us play in the only time we've ever played in Georgia was that Peach Bowl against LSU. Uh, we played in Illinois uh, against Northwestern at Soldier Field back in 1997, I believe. Uh, and then, of course, New York. Uh, we played Syracuse in 94, I believe, on the road. That was the game where Scott Blanton we got way ahead. Marvin Harrison tore us up in the second half. Yes, not Marvin Harrison Jr. That's how old I am, is that I saw his dad, who's an NFL Hall of Famer, play when he was in college. So, yes, I'm, I'm an old. Um, but uh, that was an interesting game. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but we, uh, uh, we were way up in the first half. And then in the beginning of the second half, P.J. Mills gets loose, and he's getting ready to score another touchdown. We're going to go ahead even more, and some guy punches the ball out of his arms on, like, two-yard line and goes through the end zone. Syracuse gets the ball back, and then all of a sudden Marvin Harrison starts torching us, um, and we end up behind in the last couple minutes of the game. Um, we block their extra point, or not block, but deflect it where it was no good, uh, which was a big deal because otherwise we would have been down three. And then uh, Garrick McGee 
uh, he of, I don't know where he's the offensive coordinator now, but he's a, he's a college offensive coordinator now, but, uh, he was at Arkansas for a while and someplace else, but, uh, he leads us on a drive and then Scott Blanton with a few seconds left, kicks a field goal. And we end up winning the, winning the game by one point that, that blocked extra point, uh, made the difference. But, uh, and then of course we were supposed to play in New York in 2020 against, uh, army and the, the COVID took that, which was really a disappointment because I was looking forward to that trip as were a lot of other people. Uh, you know, that game was the only game uh, that I can recall where the, the school did a special thing in the spring for road game tickets just for that game, like only that game uh, early so they could know, I guess so they could know what the demand would be. Uh, but I did, I did have tickets for that game, but never, never got to go. But they'll, they'll get that rescheduled eventually and we'll go up there and, uh, and uh, it'll, it ought to be a little different though, because, um, you know, what, what Army did to us in that game at our place, uh, which was such a nightmare, because they changed the rules on cut blocking, you know, Army had to change their offense and, and go to a different kind of option, and they're not nearly as good at it as they were at, at what they were doing when they whoop, whooped up on us. I say whooped up on us. They didn't whoop up on us. They just they never gave us the ball. I mean, we get the ball and score in like a minute and a half, and then they would keep the ball for a quarter. Uh, and maybe they would score and maybe they wouldn't. And then of course we got one turnover and that screwed everything up, missed a field goal at the end of the game, uh, uh, and ended up, uh, ended up having to go into overtime against them. So, uh, but in any event, uh, coming up this weekend, trip to trip to BYU, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the first time the Sooners have played in the state of Utah, uh, going to try to make it to the OU club of Utah shindig in uh, Salt Lake city Friday night. But uh, uh, looking forward to going out there. We, we, uh, we managed to get a hotel that's literally right across the street from the stadium. Um, so we won't have to fool with parking or any of that, which is good because the game starts at 10 a.m. Yes, 10 a.m. Not 10 a.m. Oklahoma time, 10 a.m. Utah time, but still. Uh, the only other game that I can recall that started before 11 a.m. Uh, was the 2002 Cotton Bowl. Uh, where we played Arkansas on a dirt field that had been painted green. My baby brother was at the time the head cheerleader at OU, and his white uh, tennis shoes got ruined by the green paint. Um, it was very cold, and uh, I think the game was, there was no offense in the game. I think that game ended up like 10-3, to 3, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that was the game where I got lost on the way to the Cotton Bowl, which doesn't make a lick of sense because I've only been to the Cotton Bowl you know, literally 40 times. Uh, and I know how to get there, but for some reason that morning I, I got, got turned around, but, uh, but anyway, um, most people, when they think about us playing BYU, they think of the 2009 game, which was a one-off game that was set up, um, by Jerry Jones to be the first, first college game in Jerry world. And it was actually the first uh, football game that counted in Jerry World. I think that the um, the Cowboys had played some um, preseason games there before we played that game, but that was the first game of any first first football game there that counted in any standings anywhere. So we actually played there before the Cowboys did. But everybody remembers that game because that was the game that uh, late in the first half, uh, Sam Bradford, who was the defending Heisman winner, got his shoulder driven into the turf and it pretty much blew his entire season and our entire season. 
Uh, he did come back against Texas a little bit, but he got hurt again, and that was it. And then, you know, fortunately, he was he was able to go and still get drafted first in the draft and secure that that big bag of money. Um, but uh, you know, we had to put a true freshman by the name of Landry Jones in in that game to play the second half, and he was you know understandably not very effective. We missed the long field goal uh, in I believe the fourth quarter that would have won the game, and we ended up losing. I don't know, it was fourteen to twelve or something like that. We lost by a point or two. Uh, and so that was, that was annoying, but you know, most people don't remember the other time we played BYU, uh, which was in the 1994 copper bowl. And you don't remember the copper bowl because it hasn't been called the copper bowl for a long time. It was at the time it was the wiser lock copper bowl, uh, played at Arizona stadium in Tucson. Uh, I think that game is now, uh, they play it at Chase Field in Phoenix, and I forget what it's called. It's like the, I think it's the Guaranteed Rate Bowl now. Somewhere or another, I wrote a thing where I, I went through the I went through the various permutations of some of these bowls, um, uh, because the, the Copper Bowl is the same bowl as the we played in the Insight Bowl in Tempe. Uh, that was the game against Iowa in 2010 or 11, 2011, uh, where the uh, uh, the sky cam fell down during the game and tried to eat an Iowa player. Um, but uh, that's the same game as the Copper Bowl. But anyway, we played BYU in that game. We were, I believe we were six and five or, I don't know, we had a horrible season. Um, uh, Gary Gibbs had, had quit in lieu of being fired. And Howard Schnellenberger was in the stands or was in the press box uh, making commentary. And we went out there, and it was a freezing cold December night in the desert, and we got roasted. I think the final was 31-6, to 6, if I'm not, not mistaken. Uh, so I've not had a good feeling about BYU for a very long time. And, of course, if you go back about 10 years before that, there was the whole thing where they went undefeated, and um, you know they beat Michigan in the Holiday Bowl. And I think Michigan was 6-6, six and six, and they ended up winning the national championship. I haven't played nobody. And that was the year we played, uh, we played Washington in the uh, Orange Bowl, and the Schooner got a penalty, and we lost to them. If we'd have won that game, we'd have probably won the national championship over BYU. But, but Barry Switzer made some, made some understandable comments about how they weren't worthy, and he was right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in, in, as a reward for that, they named a sewage lagoon after him somewhere in Utah. I might go see if I can find that this weekend. Um, so anyway, it's uh, it's not quite as much of a moral imperative to beat them uh, as it was uh, to beat Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago. But uh, rest assured that I will not uh, be unhappy uh, if we put a thrashing on them, uh, because I remember freezing my tail off in in Arizona and watching us getting getting the tar beat out of us by BYU, and and would like to see us return the favor on their home field. And given how poorly they have looked, especially recently. There's not not any reason in my mind why we shouldn't why we shouldn't thrash them to within an inch of their lives, um, but we'll see how it shakes out. I'm looking forward to the last last regular season road trip, last Big Twelve regular season road trip. Uh, you know we're done with uh, we're not gonna we're never gonna play a Saturday game in the Big Twelve at home again. Uh, West Virginia was it the the last home game against TCU's on a Friday. Uh, and, and believe it or not, folks, we are, uh, what, uh, 
nine days, nine more days, and then we're done with Big 12 football in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, hopefully there'll be one more Big 12 game down at Arlington after that, but uh, uh, there will be no more Big 12 in Norman. The only Big 12 that'll be there is uh, you know, next season when Houston comes to play us in the non-conference. And that'll feel perfectly normal because they've always been non-conference and they're still non-conference. I guess we're, we're in the same conference with them this year, but we're not going to play them. So uh, that's not anything, that, uh, not anything that I'm worried about. But in any event, um, so uh, off to Utah Friday morning for what should be a wonderful, fun trip. Uh, supposed to be kind of cold and wet. That part won't be wonderful and fun, but uh, we'll, we'll make it through one way or another. And uh, for those of you coming out to Utah, if you're going to the OU Club of Utah thing, I'm going to try to make it there. If I do and you're there, come by and say hi. Uh, I'm a big guy with a lot of hair. Uh, kind of stand out in the crowd. Uh, if not, well, then just watch it on TV. I will be there in the end zone watching along. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, before Thanksgiving, looking back at BYU, looking ahead to um, looking ahead to TCU. And uh, hopefully by that time, we're talking about heading to Arlington because, because uh, Iowa State has beaten Texas uh, or Houston has beaten Oklahoma State, I guess. Um, so a lot to talk about next week. Uh, good to talk to you this week. And uh, beat BYU. Everybody going to Utah, travel safe, and Boomer Sooner.